It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 16th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk all about the Magic's win over the New Orleans Pelicans, as well as the return of Nikola Vucevic, a long-awaited and long-needed return of the Magic's all-star big man. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team with the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the New Orleans Pelicans perspective from today's game, or from Sunday's game, excuse me? Check out Locked On Pelicans. Want to look ahead to the Magic's game against the Utah Jazz? Check out Locked On Jazz. They've, they've been off since Friday, and they'll still be off since Friday. You can find all these great podcasts wherever you download podcasts. Plus, you can check out our national podcast, Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, the Duncan and Hollinger NBA show, and Rejecting the Screen. No matter who your favorite team is, the team you love to hate, the team you're curious about, or whatever in between, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Whether it's NBA, NFL, NHL, or college teams, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered. Remember, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The Orlando Magic are on this road trip, and it's a difficult road trip for sure. Utah-Denver back-to-back is never fun. Both teams very good, and both teams playing at altitude. The Portland Trailblazers are a tricky team for sure with Damian Lillard and Carmelo Anthony and C.J. McCollum. They're certainly potent offensively, not to mention with Hassan Whiteside. It's a wonder why they're struggling so much. But the New Orleans Pelicans were the only team under 500, and so... It felt like, especially coming after last week where the Magic lost to three very good teams in the Bucks, Lakers, and Rockets, it felt like this was a must-win game. If the Magic were going to at least split their road trip, their four-game road trip, and kind of keep themselves stable, which is what we've kind of been talking about since Nikola Vucevic's injury, this one had to be a win. And the Pelicans are a challenging team. They run a lot, they shoot a lot of threes, and by the way, they're on an 11-game losing streak, and while they are losing a lot of games, it is not for lack of effort. This team is trying very, very hard and is a very capable and very dangerous team if you're not careful. The Magic had their star back in Nikola Vucevic, and it showed almost immediately. He was finishing around the basket, he was picking up some rebounds, but... Obviously, he's working himself back into the game. And obviously, the Magic were still kind of getting themselves going, especially defensively. Fortunately for them, this is the kind of opponent where you don't have to be sharp all the time. You just have to be sharp enough. 
And so while the Magic struggled mightily on the defensive end in the first half, they struggled with their pick and roll coverage. They struggled just kind of containing the ball handler and, and, and turning their stops into makes. They're making shots, but not at a, at a high rate. The Magic came out of the locker room focused and determined. The third quarter is about as well as the Magic can play in any quarter that they played this season. They score 41 points a season high in a quarter and outscore the Pelicans 41-27. So again, defense, not fantastic, but just good enough. They open up as much as a 25-point lead. And from there, it was more or less a coast to the finish. It was nine with about a minute to go. Because, yeah, New Orleans shoots and takes a lot of threes. Magic still have something to clean up defensively. But offensively, the team flowed as well as they have all year long. Hidden in James Harden's 54-point effort on Friday, the Magic made a lot of threes themselves. In fact, if it weren't for Harden just going ham, that, that would have been a really competitive game for the Magic. And the Rockets ended up shooting poorly on Saturday in their game Saturday. But the Magic had the ball moving, going around the perimeter, side to side, in and out. They were making shots over and over and over again. And they had extreme balance offensively. Everyone ate. Everyone got their points. Everyone contributed to this win. And so while Orlando was far from perfect, while this felt like a blowout win, and largely it was, there were still plenty of things to tweak. New Orleans just, New Orleans had the firepower, but they just didn't have the defensive chops. Orlando got whatever they wanted offensively the entire game, even though they struggled to shoot in the first half, around 40-something percent, but they were still in the game despite the poor defense that they were playing. Orlando got to the line when they wanted. They got three-point shots that they wanted. They got to the basket when they wanted. And so, yeah, this became a little bit of a track meet, but it was the Magic's defense in the third quarter that helped them stake that lead. It was the Magic's ability to buckle down and make the right play when the time called for it that got them the lead. And it was everyone doing their part and making their shots that secured them the victory. Like I said, everyone had a part to play in this game. Eight of the Magic's nine players scored in double figures. The only guy that didn't was Aaron Gordon with nine. Pretty incredible, although Gordon certainly struggled to shoot in this one. The Magic just did what they wanted, and they took care of a bad team, which is what they have done all year long. The Magic have not really lost to teams like New Orleans. And, I, I mean, I, I know it sounds simple, but that is a skill to, to have, to win the games you're supposed to. And the rest of this road trip is going to be about fine-tuning and tightening things up. The rest of this road trip is going to be about buckling down on defense. You know, play, having your defense play up to every competition, not just play as needed. But the Magic got the relief that they wanted. They got their big man back. They played exceptionally well, and everyone did their part in this one to pull out the victory. The Orlando Magic defeat the New Orleans Pelicans 130-119, to the highest point total of the season. 
Orlando shoots, makes 17 three-pointers, shoots 50% from beyond the arc, and it was just simply a game. The Magic took care of business. Wasn't pretty, wasn't exactly how they needed to do it, but the result is all that matters in the end, and the Magic got the result that they wanted and the return that they needed. Hey, Locked On Magic listeners. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. I don't know what that means, but it sounds comfortable. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked NBA and using locked NBA at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we talk more about Nikola Vucevic, though, let's run through the final box score for you. The Orlando Magic are led in scoring by Jonathan Isaac with 21 points, 11 rebounds, 7 for 11 shooting, 6 or 7 from the foul line. Um, You know, I, I think Isaac is still... He he doesn't get a lot of plays run for him, but he is he is finding ways to score off the bounce a little bit more. He's not always getting to the basket, but he does a really good job with that one or two dribble pull up up to the elbow or free throw line, and that's become a real consistent shot for him. And he's getting more comfortable doing post ups and, and even some fadeaways. So I think I think if you're looking for Jonathan, if you're you're charting Jonathan Isaac's growth, you know I don't always look at his point total. I, I don't think it's always indicative of of necessarily how active or, or how involved he is because he kind of just is opportunistic with this point. But I will say, if you're charting his growth, his ability to make those those uh, you know dribble pull-ups and jumpers uh, are really key to, to what we're talking about with his growth and, and what we're talking about as far as him be developing into a better player. Um, I, I think that we've seen that over and over and over again here in this in this uh, in this season how Isaac has grown in that level. So, a great game for Jonathan Isaac. He was super involved. Uh, the, the thing that really stands out to me is more the 11 rebounds in this one. Um, I think that that Isaac has shown the most improvement anywhere on his rebounds. He's able to mix things up on the glass a little bit more. He's, he's not a dominant rebounder yet, but there were a few rebounds that he went up in traffic and got, that he snatched them. He made sure that they were, that they were the Magics. And Especially since the Magic have kind of struggled with rebounds of late, and you know they give up 11 offensive rebounds in this game, so certainly a lot of them early, uh, and 17 second chance points. So certainly the Magic still, you know, even with Nikola Vucevic in the lineup, still have a lot to be desired on the glass. But overall, uh, I think Isaac has developed as a rebounder, and I think that's a really promising sign because again, as good as he's been, he is not a finished product. He is far from a finished product. He's going to continue getting better. He's going to continue getting better as the season goes on, if, if everything goes correctly. And so, you know, I, 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 like, I love watching these things build and grow with him. And so I think this was a really important game. On that front, you know, he's probably not going to have a 20-point game again next time. But the fact that he's, these are starting to become more regular, where he's making these kinds of contributions, it's a really good sign for him as he develops in the future. Nikola Vucevic, we'll talk about him in a little bit more detail here in a bit. 20 points, 9 rebounds, 8 for 15 shooting, 2 for 5 from beyond the arc in his return. Um, I thought he was just very, very good. Um, just just very, very, very good. 
Um, it was good to have him back out there again. I'll talk about him in a little bit, little bit more detail here. But he just did all the things you expect Nikola Vucevic to do and, and really did not look worse for the wear. Maybe a little winded at times defensively, maybe a little bit flat-footed at times. But for first game back, this was about as good as you can get. We'll talk more about him here in just a second. DJ Augustine comes off the bench with 17 points, 4 for 8 shooting, 2 for 3 from beyond the arc, 7 for 7 from uh, the foul line, 8 assists for him. What was really different about this game for DJ Augustine from other games, and I, I think I mentioned this during the, the Rockets game in my grades post. Um, if not, I, I know I've talked about this recently. To me, the big thing for the Magic is pace. And, and I know this is a buzzword that Steve Clifford's used, but it's not pace in terms of the number of possessions. I would argue that too much of this game was played at New Orleans' pace. New Orleans wants a high number of possessions. They want the ball moving up and down the court real quickly. They want quick shots. That's how they play. They want to drag you into that game because they know that they, can, they, they can't beat you if your defense is set. The Magic want to run. Don't get me wrong. The Magic want to get out in transition. That is part of how they score and how they beat teams. But they want to make sure their defense is set more often than not. And to do that... That brings the number of possessions down. So when you go on NBA.com stats or go to any stat any stat site that says pace, the Magic are going to be in the bottom five of pace. And that's okay. That's not a bad thing. What is bad is what I think coaches really mean by pace. Coaches really mean the, the speed at which you execute your offense in the half court. How quickly you initiate your offense and how quickly you move through the set to get open shots or how how intense you move through the set to get open shots. They don't care about the number of possessions. The number of possessions is irrelevant. It is the quality and speed of the individual possession. My criticism for DJ Augustine this year, and maybe it's one that I think a lot of people maybe share or, 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 or notice as well, my criticism for DJ Augustine this year has been when he is in the game, it takes too long for the Magic to get into their initial set. Watch when Augustine's in the game. If it's taken, if, if he's initiating the set, you cross, let's say you cross midcourt at 19 seconds. When are you actually initiating your offense? If it's at 18, 17 seconds, you're probably doing a good job. If it's a 20, even better. If it's at 16 or 15 or 14, that's a problem. And I feel like too often with Augustine in the game this year, it's coming in that 15, 14, 13 second range. And that's not enough time for, especially that second unit that doesn't have a lot of creators, doesn't have a lot of shot makers, to get a good shot. For this Magic team especially, it doesn't matter if they shoot it early or late in the shot clock. It matters that they initiate their set early so they have the time to run through things and go through multiple options and go through multiple passes to get open shots. So that's why I don't care how low the possession numbers are. I care about how quickly they move within the possession. This game, Augustine was really good at initiating the offense quickly. Some of that does have to do with the Pelicans. They do force you to play a little bit faster, and that's okay. Um, But I felt like Augustine controlled the pace of the Magic's offense a lot better than he has for much of the season. There were no wild shots by him. His drives into the lane, as his cuts through the lane, had a lot more purpose about them. And that's why his assist number was high because he was creating, he was actually dribbling with purpose and creating open lanes for guys to cut into and score and pass the ball. And then he would get the ball back and shoot threes. 
And all kind of comes back, comes back around. So Augustine, to me, the key for him is how he initiates the offense, how quickly he gets the team into its offense, and how quickly and how purposeful his dribbles are to get others open or to create quality shot attempts for himself. And I thought for, for the first time in a while, he did that really, really well in this game. Terrence Ross, 14 points, 5 for 9 shooting, 4 for 6 from beyond the arc. A solid game for him. Made a lot of shots in that fourth quarter. His three-point shooting in the fourth quarter when he finally got, he finally got, you know, he, he, I think with Ross, he just goes through a period where he hits maybe two or three three-pointers and that gets everyone else cooking and, and some of those are tough shots and that the, the energy of the game changes. That's what happened in the third quarter of this game. He really got his shooting going in that quarter and that really changed a lot of things for this team. Evan Fournier, a solid outing, 16 points, 6 for 14, shooting 3 for 7 from beyond the arc. Four assists as well for him. Um, uh, uh, 10 points each for Markel Fultz and Michael Carter-Williams. I thought both did a good job controlling the pace. And then, of course, Aaron Gordon, 9 points, 3 for three for 13, shooting 1 for 5 from beyond the arc. Um, he, he was kind of over-dribbling a little bit and, and taking some wild shots. He, he tried to post up Kenrich Williams a lot. Kenrich Williams is a good defender, forced him at a lot of difficult shots, did a good job defensively on him in the, on the block. Um, this, it was just a tough, tough day for him, but luckily everyone else was there to pick up the slack. Orlando ends up shooting 51.7% from the floor. They were up around 43, 44%, I believe, in the first half, so a really hot shooting second half. They make 17 of 34 three-pointers, 21 of 26 from the foul line, only turned the ball over 10 times, which is a huge deal against this Pelicans team that loves to run, so Orlando protecting the ball did a big part in helping them win this game. On New Orleans' side, they get 29 points from Drew Holiday. He was a handful all night. I, I, I felt like the Magic did a really poor job defending pick-and-rolls, especially in the first half. Um, and, and that's Evan Fournier and Markel Fultz, I think, were, were big culprits defensively on that end. And, and, you know, again, we'll talk about Vucevic in a second, but Nikola Vucevic doesn't quite have his defensive timing right. I, I know I've gotten into a lot of debates with people about Nikola Vucevic's defense. I do think the Magic are a better defensive team with Nikola Vucevic on the floor, but I also acknowledge that he has a lot of flaws and that there's always a thin line between him being a passable defender and him being a bad defender. It's a very, very thin line, and it's really... it's it's really I compare his defense to his shooting, to, to, to a normal player's shot. He gets into a rhythm defensively where he knows where he has to be and reads the defense really, really well. Um, it, it, and, and he played some really good defense in this game too. Don't get me wrong. I think he, he was developing it as the game went on. So I think he's just getting his timing back down. So I, I, I thought Vucevic was fine. I thought the guards didn't do him a lot of favors. They were really poor getting around screens. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on as well. 23 points for J.J. Redick, 5 for 9 from 3-point land. Josh Hart, 20 points, 4 for 11. Brandon Ingram, 21 points. New Orleans shoots 53.4%, 19 for 43 from, from beyond the arc. They don't get to the foul line, 6 for 12. They turn the ball over 17 times, and that's really the reason why the Magic won. They turned those turnovers in the third quarter into baskets. They executed flawlessly offensively. Again, 41 points in the third quarter is going to give you a little bit of a cushion, and the Magic really held on for victory as New Orleans just continued to shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot, and Orlando they, Orlando still scored. They got two-point baskets, uh, but overall, Orlando had to kind of hold on and make sure that they, they secured this game in the end. The Orlando Magic defeat the New Orleans Pelicans 130-119. to They're back in action Tuesday against the Utah Jazz. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. 
Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And and as I mentioned last week, when uh, the Magic lost to the Milwaukee Bucks, it was abundantly clear that against the very good teams in this league, that the Magic absolutely needed Nikola Vucevic. Just no getting around it. They needed their all-star big man. The things that he did, the things that he does specifically would have helped the Magic in that game. And I remember, I think uh, someone in the media asked, uh, after the while the Magic were on the four-game win streak, you know, whether the Magic really missed Nikola Vucevic, and there are certainly some fans who are just not fans of Nikola Vucevic who wondered that as well during that win streak. And I believe Steve Clifford repeated this answer when asked about it Sunday uh, as Vucevic made his return. Clifford commented, you know, actually looking back at the tape, I didn't realize how much we missed Vucevic. Yes, the team went five and six. But Clifford said, just so many areas, the Magic missed Nikola Vucevic. And really, they were just surviving. They really were just kind of skating by. So much of the team had to change because Vucevic was no longer in the lineup. They ran a lot more pick and rolls, a lot more isolation sets because they had to become more perimeter oriented. Their passing went down significantly. And that's why I think their offense was so inconsistent. So while Evan Fournier played at an all-star level and played extremely admirable in, in Vucevic's absence... It, the offense didn't operate as cleanly. It's, it, the offense has found its rhythm, so that, I mean, I think the numbers would say that the offense the last 11 games was okay. Not great, but okay, and better than it was before. But at the same time, you add Vucevic in. You add a center who can shoot, who's a threat to score, which, frankly, Ken Birch wasn't. Then all of a sudden, your offense has a little more punch. I would say that adding Nikola Vucevic to the offense that the Magic were playing in those 11 games certainly makes them a lot more potent. You don't have you know a, night, a game where you score 83 or 88 like they did early on in that stretch, or 96 like they did against the Lakers. Defensively, the Magic missed Vucevic too. As good as Birch is as a pick-and-roll defender, and he is a good pick-and-roll defender, he does have a tendency to chase blocks. He's not as good at corralling defenders, and he is not anywhere near as good a rebounder. Nikola Vucevic is a good rebounder. Even though he is not going to press up and, and, and change much of his coverages on pick and rolls, he is good at corralling players to where they need to go. Again, when he's at his best. And he's good at challenging shots without taking himself out of rebounding position. It's all those little things that build up for, for a team that the Magic missed most. And if you watch Sunday's game, it was, even with Vucevic maybe easing himself back into, into the game, easing him back into kind of full game speed almost, it was evident how much this team missed him. How he opened up so much on the floor for everyone else, offensively at least. He scored 20 points. 
He didn't shoot particularly great, 8, eight for 15. But just the threat of him bouncing out to the three-point line, the threat of his three-point shot, gave Markel Fultz the room to drive, gave DJ Augustine the room to drive, gave you know Jonathan Isaac a, a lane to cut, and so on and so on and so on. His screening, which again, Birch is a good screener, but Vucevic is also a very good screener. His screening just livened up the, the team offensively a little bit more. And again, while he only had nine rebounds, I do think his rebounding was extremely valuable. The energy and the flow the team played, and I do realize they were playing the New Orleans Pelicans, one of the worst defensive teams in the league. The energy and flow that the team played with completely changed. There was a confidence and a little bit of swagger about their offense. And Vucevic, as a calming force, was a big part of it. Take the very first possession for the magic of this game. The magic... The magic were missing a shot. And Nikola Vucevic was there under the basket for a layup, for a hook shot. It's the, the second possession for the magic. This happened. Fournier misses a floater, and Vucevic is there to put the shot up immediately. The first points of the game. That's kind of the, the comfort that Vucevic gives you. Despite Vucevic being the Magic's best player and being their top scorer, for, for the most part, not this year, obviously, Clifford says they hardly ever run plays for him. He gets his offense through pick and pops because he's a threat there. They, he gets his offense through putbacks. He gets his offense through, you know, sometimes spot-up threes. But he's a constant threat on the floor. And someone who just understands and is smart and knows where to be and how to get others open, how to get himself open, and how to be available. Again, Ken Birch played fine the last 11 games, but I know I was critical of him because he would catch the ball and not even think score. Not even turn to face the basket and be a threat to score. The defense knew they could ignore him, and too many times he would run a pick-and-roll or mid-pick-and-roll and kind of roll into no man's land where he wasn't a threat. And let alone, you know, Birch isn't popping for shots. So the defense was able to congest pick and rolls a lot. They can't do that with Nikola Vucevic. And that's really the power that Vucevic has. That's really the ability Vucevic has to impact the game. And he impacted this game. I'm not saying the magic. Wouldn't have won without him. They were actually even, plus zero with Vucevic on the floor this game. But Vucevic certainly had a positive impact for the team. A sort of calming force for the team. And yes, he still has to work himself sort of back into complete game shape. Like I said, defensively, I feel like he still has to get his timing down and his, and his kind of pace down defensively. But it was overall a great comeback for Nikola Vucevic. A great first game back for Nikola Vucevic. And one the Magic are certainly happy to have back, have back in the lineup. 
I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr__md. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. Though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.